This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? No, really. How are you doing? Do you have your oxygen mask on? Are you taking care of yourself first in order to take care of those around you? Coach Chris Cotton here from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching, where we work hard to support your auto repair shop success. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from today's topic. So please take time to share personally or through your social network. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com. Let's get started with episode 70 in our series, Leadership Gold, Get in the Zone and Stay There. Before we get started, though, how are your application exercises going? Are you actively mentoring others around you? I hope so. Um, If you have a great story to share or you have questions about it, feel free to reach out to me. Let's go ahead and jump into the chapter. So chapter seven is get in the zone and stay there. One of the first parts of it is defining personal success. I've struggled myself with what is personal success? What does my success look like? What does success look like for Chris Cotton? And I live a very, very good life. I have zero complaints. If I go back and think about the boy I was and what that person thought success was versus what I think success is now, the two are vastly different, right? Like I grew up in a small town in Southern Oklahoma, very rural, great people around me. But I, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I grew up in a house after my dad got out of the Air Force. We lived in a house with no, no electricity, no running water. There's no insulation in the house. We used an outhouse. We got our water out of a well. It's funny. I still remember the taste of that water. It always tasted a little bit like dill pickles to me because the buckets that we got that we used for it were five-gallon best-made dill pickle buckets. Like that's what you took the tube out, you put the water in and in the bucket and carried it in the house and it sat in that bucket until you drank it all and then went on. And I remember the first winter in that house as my dad was working on it and me, what little I could help being that age, we slept in the kitchen underneath the table with the oven door open with our propane gas oven going. How I lived through that, I don't know. I'm surprised we all made it, but we did. But if I go back and think about what that child thought success was, you know, in my mind, it was probably the biggest, gnarliest mansion ever. And that was the people that I wanted to be like and patterned my life after. Um, recently, me and the girls had an opportunity to stay in another house while they were doing some work on our our house in Durango. They were putting uh, doors and windows in and whatnot. And so the person that arranged this other house for us took us to this house and we drive up and it's just huge. This would have been the house that I would have thought that I wanted to be in when I was younger. It's like 9,000 square feet up on the side of the mountain, beautiful views. But the thing was just so huge and so over the top. Kimberly and I are, are walking around this house and it's like, yeah, no, there's no way I would ever want something this big. So there's things that you think you can achieve when you're younger and there's things you want to strive for, but you're really like, eh, I'll probably never make it. Going back to my original statement saying I lead a really, really great life. I think I've so far surpassed everything that I thought I could be personally and that I could achieve 
is just amazing. And so I don't know. I don't know what the point of is that final thought, but I guess the original thought was my personal success and where I came from. And now I just feel really comfortable where I'm at. So let's help you define personal success and find a way for you to move on in your leadership skills. Okay. So defining personal success, I've heard many definitions of success for many people over the years. And again, like I said in that just a minute ago, I've embraced different definitions of myself at different stages in life. If you look at what Maxwell says in here, he zeroed in on a definition that thinks captures success no matter who people are or what they want to do. And so he believes success is knowing your purpose in life, growing to your maximum potential, and sowing seeds that benefit others. If you're able to do those three things, you are successful. But however, none of them is possible unless you find and stay in your strength zone. People's purpose in life is always connected to their giftedness. It always works out that way. Like your gift will find you. Um, If you'd asked me 15 years ago and said, hey, Chris, someday you're going to be doing this, I'd have been like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't don't even know what that is. If you're going to work remotely and help others in their business, I wouldn't have known it. But I really, really, truly feel that this is my gift and that's become my life's purpose and it's become my passion. So it always works that way. You are not called to do something that you have no talent for. And you will discover your purpose by finding and remaining in your strength zone. On the same token, you cannot grow to your maximum potential if you continually work outside of your strength zone. Improvement is always related to ability. The greater your natural ability, the greater your potential for improvement. And the final piece to the puzzle is living a life that benefits others. Always depends upon us giving our best, not our worst. You can't change the world by giving only leftovers or by performing with mediocrity. Only your best will add value to others and lift them up. AutoLeap is a cloud-based, all-in-one auto repair software that helps to keep complete track of your business, from scheduling appointments to managing technicians to generating invoices. Supercharge your growth with AutoLeap. Customers that fully adopt AutoLeap see the following benefits in their first year. 30% revenue growth, with top customers seeing over 100% growth, 75% decrease in no-shows, allowing you to service more customers, Three times increase in positive Google reviews, leading to stronger online presence. 50% time saved on administrative tasks, driving increase in operational efficiency. Do it all with AutoLeap. Key features and functions include estimates, invoices, scheduling, Google reviews, inspections, communication, QuickBooks, reporting. Get in touch with AutoLeap to see how you can transform your auto repair shop. For a limited time, if you schedule a demo, sign up with AutoLeap and they will waive the $250 implementation fee. So finding your strength zone. There's a British poet, Samuel Johnson, that said almost every man wastes part of his life in attempts to display qualities which he does not possess. If you have an image in your mind of what talents people are supposed to have, yet you do not possess them, then you will have a difficult time finding your true strengths. You need to discover and develop who you are. And here are some suggestions to help you out in that endeavor. Number one, ask, what am I doing well? People who reach their potential spend less time asking, what am I doing right? And more time asking, what am I doing well? The first is a moral question. The second is a talent question. What is your talent? Um, You should always strive to do what's right, but doing what's right doesn't tell you anything about your talent. Number two, get specific. When we consider our strengths, we tend to think too broadly. Uh, The more specific you can get about your strengths, the better the chance you can find your sweet spot. 
why be on the fringes of your strength zone when you have a chance to be right in the center, right in the center, right dead on target? Number three, listen for what other others praise. This is the one out of the list that I really love. Has to do with positive feedback back to yourself, but it also has to do with listening for what is the feedback. And when we're talking about being open to feedback, part of it is listening for what others praise. Many times we take our talents for granted. We think because we can do something well, anyone can. And that's a huge thing. The reason why you're doing what you do is because you're really great at it. Often that's not true. Nobody else can do what you can or else they would be doing it. For auto repair shops owners, that's why we're not in the do-it-yourself market. We're in the do-it-for-me market. And don't ever shortchange yourself on that and not know that. You are doing it for other people because they can't do it for themselves. So how can you tell when you're overlooking a skill or a talent? Listen to what others say. Your strengths will capture the attention of others and draw them to you. On the other hand, when you're working in areas of weakness, few people will show interest. If others are continually praising you in a particular area, start developing it. Number four, check out the competition. The big thing is, is you want to remember not to spend all your time comparing yourself to others. It's not healthy. Know what your competition's doing. Know how you're better than them and then learn and move on. You know, you don't want to waste your time doing something that others do much better either. General Electric CEO Jack Welch says, if you don't have a competitive advantage, don't compete. People don't pay for average. If you in business are average, Find a way to get better. If you don't have the talent to do something better than the competition, place your focus elsewhere. Shift the narrative. And in order to get a better picture where you stand in relationship to the competition, ask yourself these questions. Are others doing what I am doing? Are they doing it well? Are they doing it better than I am? Can I become better than they are? If I do become better, what will be the result? If I don't become better, what will be the result? The answer to that last question is you lose because your competition is working in their strength zone and you aren't. There's a saying that says, don't bring a, a knife to a gunfight. This is the same thing. If you're going to be fighting, if you're going to be battling it out, at least be carrying the same weapons. Make sure that you are your skills and abilities are in your strength zone and you're moving forward. Next section, to be a successful leader, find and develop the strength zones of your people. Whenever you see people who are successful in their work, be assured that they're working in their strength zone. If you want to be successful as a leader, though, good leaders help others find their strength zones and empower them to work inside the strength zone. Best leaders are characterized by their ability to recognize the special abilities and limitations of others and the capacity to fit their people into the jobs where they will do the best. Next thing is study and know the people on your team. You have to learn about your team members. You can't just go into a room and be autonomous like robots. You have to get in their heart and you have to let them get in your heart. What are your people's strengths and weaknesses? Who do they relate to on their team? Are they growing and do they have more growth potential in the area in which they're working? Is their attitude an asset or liability? Do they love what they do and are they doing it well? Those are questions you have to ask when, when you're trying to figure out these people and figure out their heart. You also have to talk to people and ask them how they fit on the team, where they see themselves. But you have to get them in the right seat on the bus, okay? What are the strengths that they bring to the table? Are there times their contribution will be especially valuable? How do those people complement the other members of the team? What do they need from the other players that will complement their weaknesses? 
The more that people know how they fit on a team, the more they will desire to properly make the most of their fit and maximize their contribution. I'm talking about communicate in these two little paragraphs here. You have to be communicating with your team. You have to spend time communicating with your team. It's painful at first, but the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Uh, If you go back to one of the earlier episodes, the notebook technique, you have to spend time doing this weekly. If you don't do it at all, then do it biweekly or monthly and then work yourself into a shorter time frame. But the key to this is communication. Nine times out of 10, the reason why your business is hurting or failing or not able to go to the next level, it's because the communication is suffering or there is no communication. The next one says, communicate to all team members how each player fits on the team. You know, you can't have a winning team without teamwork. Not every leader takes steps to help team members work together. If you communicate to all the players how all the people fit together and what strengths they bring to their role, then teammates will value and respect one another. Next one, emphasize completing one another above competing with one another. And every time I think about this section, every time I read it, I always mess it up. So I'm going to say it one more time and I want you to think about the words. Emphasize completing one another above competing with one another. Healthy competition between teammates is good. It presses them to do their best. But in the end, uh, members need to work together for the sake of the team, not only for themselves. Working on a weakness in your strength zone will always produce greater results than working on a strength in a weak area. You're making an investment into your success. Again, weaknesses and strengths. Now we're into the application exercises. Number one, have you identified your strength zone? If you and I were able to sit down and talk, would you be able to tell me your strengths? How specific would you be able to be? The older and more experienced you are, the more specific you should be able to be. If you're not sure of your strengths, follow the suggestions in the chapter. Think about what you're doing well. Listen to what colleagues say about your talents and analyze where you have an edge over your competition. Number two, is your job utilizing your strengths? List three things you do well in your job and now ask yourself these three questions. Are you doing them more or less? Are you developing them more or less? Are you bringing others around who complement your strengths? If you answer no to any of those questions, you need to become more intentional about getting into your strength zone. Number three, are you leading team members into their strength zones? If you are a leader, your team is depending on you to help them find and stay in their strength zones. What have you done with each person individually to facilitate this? If you can't cite specific actions, then you need to immediately follow the suggestions in the chapter to help them. And then finally, again, we've put that oxygen mask on our face and we're working with others. So this is the mentoring moment. Sit down with each person you're mentoring to discuss their strengths. Ask them to describe them. Then give them feedback based on their past performance and your observations. Help to dispel any misconceptions they have about themselves and assign them responsibilities that will make the most of their strengths. If your people have already identified their strengths and are already working in them, then help them create a strategy to identify, encourage, and develop the strengths of their people and hold them accountable for following through on it. Again, I hope everybody's doing great out there, taking care of yourself, got your oxygen mask on. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching. If you find yourself struggling in your auto repair business or have a feeling like you don't know what you don't know, but you are eager to learn and grow your business, then please feel free to reach out to me, Chris at AutofixSOS.com, or give me a call at 940-400-1008. Time to get out and rise and grind, everybody. 
You've been listening to the Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.